Father, I want to prepare us. Thank you for giving me your pulpit. It's the last Sunday. Normally, the last Sunday and the first Sunday, you end the year and prepare your people for the coming year. So it's a very crucial time. But thank you for your trust in me that you will let me come in and be part of this service. I pray the Lord will bless us today. We'll never go back the same way we came. I want to talk about waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. If that should be our goal, in 2016, we will learn to wait on the Lord. I know this is one of the greatest nations. About five weeks ago, I was in Kenya and Rwanda. Um, met with about 1,000 pastors and leaders in each of the countries from 10 different locations in East Africa, from Tanzania, from Uganda, from Burundi, from the Congo, South Sudan. They come to meet us in two different spots. And um, I was telling them how great this nation is. I travel all over the world, as he says. I will be back home for about two months, and I'll back to Turkey, Istanbul, and then from there to London, England. And uh, there's no nation like the U.S. People work so hard. That is why your nation has come this far. If you are traveling from Africa, like I use South African Airways, and get to Europe, either Frankfurt, I change flights, or London, or Switzerland, you see the difference when you get to any American flight. You see service excellence. There's something, there's no nation that can be compared to the nation. You can watch Walmart, and you want just something for $5, someone will stop whatever, will smile to lead you to whatever you want. You don't get that in other nations. This is a nation that works hard. You know how to work. And so when Americans want to play, they play hard also. You can see them, it's very cold, and yet certain 90,000 people watching American football. I call it American football because your football is not football. I don't know if you call it hand and football together. Because the actual football, the ball doesn't touch the hand. If you talk of foot now, you know English, but I think there's something wrong here in the U.S., and uh, I pray that you change that word and get another proper name for football here in the U.S. Um, I love your nation dearly. You, I'll be talking about seven things and what will be done. I don't want to hold you on the last Sunday, but it's going to be a powerful time. Since I want you to understand this, there's nothing comparable to waiting on the Lord. You can wait on your job. Most of us, a friend of mine in New York, in Queens, he's coming to join me at TBN in Chicago. I've invited Pastor Tom. I have a man coming from Nashville, Tennessee. I have a businessman from Little Rock, Arkansas, when I came yesterday. And I have a guy from Canada coming in. I've invited about 10 people on set. Um, the station in Alora has become the second largest in the whole world. And we'll be doing a live show for two and a half hours. And uh, this friend of mine in Queens, his church, they don't have midweek service. In New York, most of the churches have one service and it's on Sunday. And that service also is only one and a half hours. If you go more than that, people leave and go back to work. Let me tell you this, work is so important. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't have to eat. But I've got news for you. 
There is nothing that we can compare. There are some times, there are certain problems, your money cannot solve it. There are certain problems that your intelligence cannot solve it. It only takes the law. And there's nothing, that's why there's no substitute for waiting on the law. 2016, I pray your pastors will not have to chase you to come to work church. How many of us get chased to go to our work? Do we do that? Because we know we're going to get something tangible, a physical substance coming up. But most of us don't regret when even we miss church. We don't know because we think we don't come to take anything physically tangible back home. But I've got news for you that what you get in the presence of the Lord, nothing can replace that. I say what we get from the presence of the Lord says, nothing can exchange for that. I'm speaking about waiting on the Lord. And we are going to use a creature called the eagle. This morning, we'll be learning seven lessons from the eagle. I promise you, your life will never be the same. I don't know if uh, my niece, my nephew over there, I love this young man so much. Ian is my fan. We've been friends for so many years and I'm still waiting for mom and dad to release him to come to visit me. I had a young man, Pastor Ricky Musgrove's son, grandson, 13 years old, when he came about four years ago with a team of five. They stayed for two weeks. And this young man preached a 30-minute message in my church. When he ended, everybody stood up. And I came back to give report there, powerful. So I'm waiting for Ian. He's been looking forward to that. Wanting to come visit and see the lions in the natural habitat and um, I think you should talk to Pastor Ricky. Driving a small car and uh, 11 lions come and surround the car and you have to sit in the car for 30 minutes. You cannot move. Looking at themselves in the driving mirror. It can be scary sometimes. So I think mom and dad will have to prepare him before he comes. So when it's like that, he doesn't make a mistake and open the window. Because I don't think he's going to come back here. If he should do that. Um, can you help me with Isaiah chapter number 40? That is our basic test. And verse number 31. Um, I don't know if we can get an amplifier version. Do you have different versions there? Can I get an amplifier version? That would be the best one, Pastor Tom. How to read this. I'm repeating the message I preach in their church. Pastor Phyllis told me, Bishop, that is great. This is what we need as a church here in America. Isaiah chapter number 40 and verse number 31 um, is specific. I want us to look at this well if, um, when it comes up. Listen to this now. But those who do what? Those who do what? Wait upon their jobs. Those who wait upon their husbands. I'm not here to break marriages now. But if you wait on your husband more than you wait on God, there's a problem. How many of you know that? I spoke to my family this morning. spoke to them yesterday. Every day we talk. When I'm at home, I am a husband. I'm gone most of the time, but I don't go out anywhere. I am always at home with the family to make sure after God, the second thing is my family before church. Church comes number three. If I cannot effectively minister to my home, there is no way because that is the first church before we come on to that. So he says, those who work on who? The law. They shall what? Expect 
2016, if you can wait on the Lord, you can expect, you can look forward, and you can have hope in him. And listen to what he goes on to say. Shall change and renew their strength and power. We were singing about power this morning. And then he goes on to say, and they will lift their wings. So beautiful, we're going to come back to that. And mount up. They begin to climb, go up in life. Closer to God. Take note of that. Those in the black is there. Closer to who? God. And he says, as the eagle mounts up to where? The eagle gets its energy, its strength from the sun. We're going to see that. So the eagle will always sit on the rock most of the time. And it goes beyond the cloud because it wants to go as close as it can to the sun. And we are going to understand that principle. I said, we'll be talking about seven. Well, I'm not going to hold you. And they shall run and not be what? They shall run and they will not be weary and they shall walk and will not faint. And they will never become tired in life. We become so tired. We were sitting in a restaurant a week today after service with Pastor Tom and a pilot in their church, John, who flies American Airlines for the past 30 years with a wife, a medical doctor. We had lunch. And Pastor Tom said, son, the next challenge of the world, not the U.S., is going to be security. He says, this age, technology is the deal. But the next challenge of the world is going to be security now. In spite of all our technology now, you don't know what is going to happen next. For the past three days, you can see the suicide bombers keep on changing. At first, they were afraid of death. Now they are not afraid of death. So you don't know when someone is coming closer, if it's a human being or it's not a human being. You don't know that. Let me tell you, it will only take God to protect us. The Bible says, unless God watches over the house, the watchman will watch in vain. You can have 20 guns, but if someone can kill, want to kill you, he will kill you if God doesn't protect you. Our protection is from the Lord. It doesn't mean that we don't need tight security like you do in the U.S. It's so important that you know who comes into your nation because this is the target of the world. And as a result, the people, the leaders of this nation should make security a priority now in these times. In Israel, I was watching the news yesterday. You know what they've changed now doing? For the past four days, what they do is now they stop suicide bombing they ride in cars, and what they do, that's what happened in Las Vegas about last week. They ride in a car and intentionally ride the car into a cloud and kill many people. That is what they change all the time. It keeps on changing. But I tell you, if you can wait on the law, there is no need for fear. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody lift your hands and say, Lord, help me to wait on you. Come on, lift your hands. Lift, lift our hands. We are not here just to listen to a preacher. We are here to fellowship together. And we are going to make declarations as we go on with the service. Those who wait upon who? Saints, those who wait upon who? Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. 2016, my goal is to wait on who? What is your goal? To wait on who? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, the rain will not stop me. Oh, hallelujah. 
Somebody has said the rain will never what? Stop us. We don't drive in, uh, we don't have weather like this in Africa. It's just casual. I drove, drove from Van Buren this morning from my hotel. I drove, took it very slow and came down. Yesterday was the same when I drove for about two hours from Little Rock, very careful on the road. And uh, nothing will stop us when it comes to seeking God. Seven things come out from the eagle. Number one, the eagle is the only bird apart from aeroplanes. It defiles the law of gravity. And it goes way beyond no other bird can go. And let me tell you the secret, the reason why. Let me tell you somebody here. If you wait on the Lord, you will soar to highs that no one can go in Jesus' name. Somebody has said, it doesn't take your money to lift you. If it takes money to lift me, I will not be standing where I am standing today. Pastor Larry has been to my church. Just uh, Apostle, Apostle um, Phyllis Anor was in my church just about six, eight weeks ago. Less than that. About, about one and a half months ago, she was in my church. And he stood and cried on Sunday morning from the pulpit and said, Bishop, I never thought that your church can buy a ticket and bring me down. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter your family background. If you wait on the law, you will begin to soar to highs that no one can take you in Jesus' name. Somebody, are you waiting to be lifted up and fly that no one can get to where you are? Let me tell you the secret of the eagle. You go, you can Google and see what I'm talking about. If you go to the molting of the eagle, M-O-L-T-I-N-G, M-O-I-T-I-L-M-O-L-T-I-N-G, molting of the eagle. You know what it does? Once in a while, the eagle looks for a rock. The reason why it looks for a rock is on the rock, there's no tree. It's dry. It gets access to the sun, as we saw from the passage. So it sits on the rock. And you know what the eagle does? The eagle uses its own beak. You read. You will see what I'm talking about. It uses its own beak and begins to pull off the feathers. Can I tell you something? In America, you eat chicken, but some of you have not seen chicken before. You know what I'm talking about? I am not lying. I'm speaking the truth. I don't know if Ian have never been to the factory. He will never see chicken because in Africa, we live with the chicken in the house. We live with them in the bedroom. We live with them in the house, in the compound, in the yard. We live with the chicken. So if you want a chicken to eat, you kill a chicken. And when you kill the chicken, it's the natural one that is not fed on this modern food. So the wings are very tight. And if you want to pull the wings off, the feathers off, you know what you do? You need to boil hot water, put it in the hot water to make it loose so you can get it out. And some of the time, when you pull it out, even with that, blood will come with the edge of the feather. You know what I'm talking about. How many of you have experienced that before? So you imagine a live eagle sitting down and using its beak is very painful. Let me tell you, somebody right here waiting on the Lord is very painful, but the result is something that is uncomparable. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah, says. Can I tell you something? Sorry, you may not be used to my style of preaching. There are times we need to be quiet like Elijah 
the, the small voice was in the quietness now. There are times you need that in the presence of the Lord. And there are times you need to shout. There are times Jesus is deaf and is intentionally waiting for you to shout. How many of you know how Bethlehem got a healing? The man was blind sitting by the roadside and he heard Jesus was shouting. Passing by, he didn't see, but he used something to get Jesus' attention. Someone come on, shout to the Lord. Come on, lift your hands and shout hallelujah. I say shout hallelujah. The walls of Jericho will never come down. Sometimes you need some noise. You know something? White people are very dignified, very quiet. We want quiet environment. And let me tell you, there are times you need to break that tradition in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, somebody. I say hallelujah, somebody. Come on, somebody shout to the Lord, hallelujah. Come on, shout to the Lord, hallelujah. Come on, say 2016. Number one, I am going to mount to higher heights. So the eagle, you know what the eagle does? It pulls the feathers. Read that. And it sits for six and a half months without flying. Six and a half months without flying. And you know what? It is waiting. When the Bible talks of the eagle waiting to renew the wings, that is what it's talking about. And when it takes off, there is nothing that stops that in Jesus' name. Somebody, if you wait on the Lord, when you begin to take up, nothing will stop you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Says, I say, Hallelujah. Says, why don't you get excited about it? Well, say, Hallelujah. Come on, say, I'm going to wait on the Lord. Hallelujah. Anybody here who want, I'm a, do I have a witness in the house that says, I want to wait on the Lord 2016? Pastor Lisa and Pastor Devon will not have to chase me, will not have to call me and say, I've not seen you at church for a month. Is everything right? You don't want that. You want them to say, why are you always at church? You have to change. You have to be on the opposite way now. Hallelujah. So number one, the eagle moves to highs that no other creature can go except a man-made creature, the aeroplane. Apart from that, and you know the reason why? The eagle knows how to wait. He says when you wait on the Lord, you receive what? Power. You receive strength to go higher. And so let it be your goal that you are not going to go lower. Number two. Number one is, as we wait on the Lord, he lifts us higher and higher in life. Number two, the, evil, the eagle, because it goes high, it has got eye, vision. Those who wait on the Lord will have clear vision. When you read about the eagle, some extras about the eagle, you know what happened, Pastor Larry? I learned that the eagle sees another eagle 50 miles away in the air. You read that. It sees another eagle 50 miles. Whatever I'm talking is not presumption. It's not assumption. I've read that. And you can go there, right? Sit in the service. If you want to prove that, you can check that and see. It sees another eagle how many, how many miles away? 50 miles away. It tells you it's awesome. And you know another thing about the eagle? The eagle can see a fish in a pond. It says more than 200 meters away, it sees a fish sitting in the pond. It comes for the prey without missing it. Let me tell you something. That this nation is a powerful nation. That is why you chose the eagle as your symbol. When you go to England, the symbol of the English people is what? The lion. 
And when you come to the U.S., the symbol of the U.S. is the eagle. The eagle goes. That is why America sees danger before any other nation sees danger. And let me tell you, if you wait on the Lord, the Lord is going to open your eyes and you will see what other people don't see. Come on, somebody say, Lord, help me to wait on you. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say, Lord, help me to wait on you. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody lift your hands and shout hallelujah. I am here this morning. I want you to get excited and get ready for 2016. Lord, open our eyes to see what no one else can see. You know what? Some of us, at times, we don't know who is with us. The problem is because we don't see. We have sight, but we don't see. Elisha and the servant Gehazi went away because the Syrian king in 2 Kings chapter 6 was chasing to destroy him because he reveals all his secret. The man sits in his house and he sees what the king is plotting and it annoys the king. The king sends soldiers to go and get him. And in the morning, you know who came out? The servant came out. And when he came out, he saw chariots of fire. And he went back and told Elisha, Master, we are dead. And Elisha said, Lord, will you open the eyes of this young man? Some of us at times we are fearful for nothing because we don't have vision. We don't see who is with us. Hallelujah. Somebody I'm here to tell you to quench your fears. If God be with you, who can be against you? Come on, lift your hands and say, the Lord is my shield. Hallelujah. Somebody, the Lord is your shield. Hallelujah. He said, you see a thousand here, ten thousand here, but it will never come near your dwelling. Somebody receive it in Jesus' name. Somebody say, receive that in Jesus' name. Number two. So number one, when we wait on the Lord, we begin to do what? We soar to heights. We go to levels. I was telling my businessman friend, rented a car for me, I drove here, and um, I was telling him, when I am done, anytime, do a lot of traveling, like almost every month I get out of the country. And when I'm done and I'm going home, when I go to, I go to my prayer room in the aeroplane. I don't know who you know where my prayer, before the plane takes off, before the lavatory becomes dirty, I go to the prayer room, shut the door because I don't want to show off in the plane. Go kneel down on the toilet seat, just with my hands on my head, bow on the toilet seat, and I lift my hands and say, Lord, thank you. Without you, there is no way I'll be doing what I'm doing right now. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody, as you wait on the Lord, he lifts your eye. Somebody, as you wait on the Lord, he opens your eyes. You see danger. You see what others don't see. You see the strength and the power you have. You see who is around you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Number three. You know what the eagle does? The eagle lifts ways bigger than it itself. You watch that or you read that. The eagle can lift a whole deer up into the air. And you know what? The reason is the wings are very strong with strong claws. So when he holds it, the wings is able. How many of you know the bigger the aeroplane, the stable it is in air? How many of you know that? I used a flight about a week and a half ago from Dubai to New York, 14 hours, 15 minutes nonstop. And you know what? We were about 500 of us on board, a double-decker one. And when you're on that one, it doesn't shake. When you use a small flight, it's very, the wind pushes it around. The eagle is very stable in the air that is able to lift a weight that is bigger than it. And the reason is, 
Somebody will you wait on the Lord to do assignment bigger than yourself? Come on, hallelujah. I said, somebody, are you going to wait on the Lord 2016? God doesn't want ordinary people. He wants people who will change lives and change the globe. And he's waiting on you. How many things are possible? Says, how many things are possible? Americans, how many things are possible? And let me ask you a question. What makes that three-letter word so difficult? Is it the A or the double L that make it difficult for us to understand? All means how many? He makes how many things possible? And all means how many? Oh, hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands and say, nothing will stop me in Jesus' name. Come on, lift your hands and say, I say, nothing will stop me in Jesus. I have got a bigger assignment. Let me testify with all due humility to the glory of the Lord. I'm moving on Tuesday morning. Pastor Ricky will drive, pick me up on the way. And I will spend some time ministering there in Oasis Church on Wednesday evening. And on Friday on the New Year day, I'm flying to Jackson, Mississippi. And I'm going to go into Yazoo City. You know what is happening? For the past three years, you go online, you will see that. A man from South Africa comes to do revival, bringing white and black together. Never happened in the history of the city before. I'm testifying to God. Never happened before. The mayor of the city gave me a key to the city. That's my cat key to the U.S., cities in the U.S. The first one is from Jacksonville, North Arkansas. And the second one is from there. And the third one is from Illinois. And let me tell you this. I took a man with a church of 72 different nationalities. It's got the largest multiracial church in the whole world. I've invited Pastor Tom to come meet him on the 12th of January, right in Chicago. His church is in Chicago, 6,000 members, 72 different nationalities for the first time to the city. He's a white guy. I invited another friend of mine. We've been to Germany. We've been to London. We've been to, 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 to Kenya. I invited him to come, another white couple, because what God is doing is a black man goes to a city and, you know, 50 pastors come together, including the Brotherhood of the Baptists, the Methodists, the Anglican, the Episcopal, or the Charismatic churches, all comes to so. This year, I'm doing that. If you want to go online, from the 6th to the 10th of July, 2016, I'm going for the planning meeting. They report to me whatever meeting they do. And you know what? It's broken denominational barriers in that city for the first time. It's breaking racial barriers. People say, where in the South can you see black and white coming together? White churches giving their churches to black churches? It's only God who can do that. God, if you wait on him, will give you a sermon that is bigger than you. Hallelujah, somebody. And say, hallelujah, somebody. Come on, lift your hands and say, Lord, I am ready for any assignment you give me. I am going to wait on you to renew what? My strength. I live in a city where he knows what I'm talking about, where there's 90% more than that unemployment. And I told myself, as a foreigner doing missions, born in a royal home in Ghana, but I said that nothing is going to limit me here. And I'm not going to settle for anything less. I want to, I've not even started yet. I'm building the foundation. My last daughter gets to the university this year. I want her to finish, hand the church over to the media pastor. And I will go sit in Kenya, in Masamara for a month. I moved from nation, 
go to Dubai and a friend of mine in Turkey missed 200 Muslim pastors right in Dubai. I called and Pastor Tom spoke to him last week on Monday. Says God is going to take us to another level and give us a salmon that is bigger. Come on, lift your hands and say, Grace Church is going to another level. Hallelujah. I say, Grace Church is going to another level. Hallelujah. If on the, if on the, on the Christmas Eve, 85 people are here, what a beautiful facility. When I walk in here, I see the presence of God. In spite of the physical beauty, God's presence is here. Come on, lift your hands and thank God for your church. Come on, lift your hands and say, great church is going to another level in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. As a young man, partnership learned from the dark. And as he leads from the front, I tell you, mighty things, barriers are going to be broken in Jesus' name. Somebody say, barriers are going to be broken in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. This black man from South Africa is coming to mess you up this morning. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. I say shout hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We glorify you, Father. You are mighty. That is where we need to wait on who? Who are we going to wait on in 2016? Grace in armor, who are we going to wait on 2016? And when we wait on him, number one, we are going to go what? Higher and what? Higher. And as we wait on him, number two, we're going to do what? See what no one else can see. Hallelujah. And number three, we are going to do what? Lifts waist that is bigger. Number four, you know what happens to the eagle? The eagle is not afraid of the storm. You are so advanced. You've got all the money in this country, but you are afraid of the storm. That is why most of you are hiding in the house this morning because you are afraid of the storm. I'm not saying that don't walk in wisdom. Jesus did as flesh and blood. But can I tell you something? The eagle doesn't look for hiding when the storm is coming. You know what the eagle does? Go and read about that and you will see the flow. When the rain begins to gather. In Africa, you know what Pastor Nisa? In Africa, a deer senses the danger of a predator about just one mile in the jungle. It knows there's danger. That's why God gave you the lonely a senses. It's not there for nothing. It senses danger. And you know what? The lion can smell a prey more than five miles away in the jungle. It begins to locate where it is. And you know what I build with the eagle? Read and you will see what I'm talking about. Thank God for the internet. Everything I'm speaking is right there. The eagle have got senses. It senses the storm coming. And when it senses the storm, it doesn't run. The smaller birds begin to look for hiding in the branches of trees. But you know what the eagle does? It begins to love around, waiting for the storm. Come on, somebody say, I am waiting for the storm. Come on, somebody, what are you waiting for? Can I tell you something? Most of us are afraid of problems. But let me tell you, the Bible says how many things work together? How many things work together? And all means how many? Can I ask you a question? How many of us, you are divorced that you are going through? It's not a good thing. The Bible even doesn't like that. But don't condemn yourself. Don't blame yourself for that. The trouble in the home you don't understand. Don't blame yourself. Don't condemn yourself. Everything is working together for your good. Hallelujah. I say, how many things are working together? Can I give you an example? How many of you like bread? Soft from the oven. Beautiful flavor. You feel the smell. You feel it. Is that right? How many of us like it? 
How many of you know the ingredients that are used in making bread? The yeast. What again? The sugar. What again? The yeast and everything. Let me ask you a question. How many of us, Pastor Larry, you come and say, honey, I'm so hungry. Can you please fix me some breakfast? And Pastor Juliana comes with a bowl full of yeast. How many of us want that? You understand what I'm talking about? But the Bible says how many things work together? When you are making a bread, how many things do you mix together? How many things do you mix together? And what comes the end product? What comes out as the end product? Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, relax and let God do his business in your life. Stop complaining. Hallelujah. I say, stop what? Pastor Phyllis was in South Africa. I said, ma'am, and when I come, he says, he's come to love me more and more. He says, this is my precious son, helping my wife, my disabled wife, mentally insane for 23 years, we'll be married. I have to get up in the morning and iron her clothing. As my two daughters, I put them in school. One is working high-profile position. The other girl is going out in February. I have to go back early. That's why I spent the first, for the last 15 years, I spent Christmas home. I've never spent Christmas outside except this time. And the reason is to go back home. And you know what? I iron for my wife in the morning while he, all the only thing he does is to go shower. And when I finish, I prepare her breakfast. I put it on a tray and serve it. And I do that every day, prepare for the evening. While I'm not there, somebody's taking care until I come back because there's nothing. He depends about 95% on me. And I don't complain. A husband, yet a husband of my caliber, no one does what I do. In spite of the physical handicap in the house with a mad woman sitting with Pastor Tom, no, Phyllis comes here, accent. I don't complain. My chest salutes me for that. Let me tell you something. All things work toward. How many things work together? Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I pray the Lord will give you strength to handle the storm that is going to come. The, the eagle is not afraid of what? The storm. When the storms are gathering, it's loving around. The smaller bears begin to look for trees to hide, branches to hide. And you know what the eagle is waiting for? He's waiting for the current. It knows where, so it is not her own strength that flies it. It gives the wing just to the current, and the current lifts it up. Come on, let me tell you somebody here, that the problems that are here now, that, that, how many of you know that it was good? You know what Joseph told the brothers? When the brothers started condemning themselves, when he reviews who he was, standing in front of them, Genesis chapter 45 verse 5, you know what? He said, don't condemn yourself. You meant it for evil, but God used it for good. Somebody, you are going through a very hard situation here, a difficult position. I've given my life, I said, you see me as a superstar on TVs. On the 5th of July, I am on TBN in, in, in Jackson, Mississippi. On the 7th, I'm taking, I took, last year, I took them far away to New York. Each pastor paid a thousand US dollars to go and come to their hotel, so expensive for them. It's not a very rich area. So they decided I get closer and I make arrangement for TBN in Jackson, Mississippi. I'm taking 10 pastors, five white, five blacks, to testify what is happening on the 7th. And then I fly down to New, New York, Chicago to do the last one before I get back home. Let me tell you something. You see me, people see me as a superstar from nation to nation on TV, everything. But if I give you one of what is making this life beautiful, a mad woman in your home for one week, you will not like that. But I will never complain. To God be the glory. 
I thank him for the good and the bad. He knows the reason why. So stop complaining no matter what is going on and give God the glory in the midst of the difficult situation. Just wait on the Lord. He's going to lift you up in the midst of that. Hallelujah. Somebody I say hallelujah. Somebody I say hallelujah. I imagine Pastor Tom, Pastor Phyllis, holding my house wise out. We have to go for a function about six weeks ago in Barrowth. Holding, helping her. And I say, mom, thank you. You love your daughter-in-law so much. She laughed as a result of that. Somebody wait for the storm. Hallelujah. I say, somebody wait for what? Don't be like the small bears complaining and that grumbling. Wait for the storm. Stop complaining. Complaining is for babies. I don't know what will cost me to complain, no matter what. You know, you know, you know, you know what? Let me tell you something about Job. Job says, even though he does what? He slay me, yet I will what? Oh, hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands and serve him, no matter your problem. In spite of the troubles, come on, lift your hands and worship him. Number one, we are going 2016 where? Higher what? And number two, 2016, what is going to happen to our vision? Crella and brother vision. Number three, 2016, we are going to lift what? And then number four, 2016, what are we going to do? Not afraid of what? Any challenge. No storm will stop us from going forward. And number five, number five, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I am tired of wrong people hanging around me. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm not going to waste my time. In 2016, with any cheap person, unless I want to get them saved, I don't have time for that. Let me tell you something. You will never see an eagle hanging around with chickens. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands and say, I am great. Somebody lift your hands and say, I'm great. Lift your hands and say, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Somebody say, I am special. And so I will move with people of my caliber. There's a saying in the English language, bears of the same what? Bears of the same what? What do they do? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, watch out who you hang around with. Some friends will delay you. They are not taking you anywhere. I'm telling you of what I come here to do. I don't have time to sit on the plane for 26 hours and come here and waste my time with cheap people. I'm in business. I won't leave my home, my beautiful home, family to come here and waste my time. They're special. If you will see the number of people that have invited for TBN to meet me on three different days, on different spots, you'll be shocked to see that. A man from Nashville, Tennessee, is owing 13,000 acres of land in the Philippines. Spoke to him yesterday, Brian Thomas. Spoke to him yesterday. He's coming to join me. They owe an amazing working with the United Nations top organizations now. Says, let me tell you that look forward for greater things. Hallelujah. I say look forward to greater things. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I am tired of delaying. Hallelujah. Stop wasting your time. Stop moving with chickens. I'm beginning to move with what? Eagles do what? Move together. An eagle will never fly with a sparrow. It's passed for the eagle. Somebody, is there any eagle here right now? Any eagle here right now? Come on, somebody say, I'm going to fly with eagles. Hallelujah. Somebody, you are going to fly with who? Who are you going to fly with? The eagles. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, number 
Can I go over and then come to number six? Number one, what are we going to do 2016? Fly what? Number two, what are we going to do 2016? What? Vision is what? And number three, what are we going to do? Lift what? Do assignments bigger than ourselves. And number four, what are we going to do? No storm, no difficulty, no problem will stop us. And number five, we will fly with who? People of the same caliber. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 22, if you want, you can turn there. Proverbs chapter 13, verse, you know what it says? He who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will be ruined. He who walks, Proverbs 13, 22 says, he who walks, that's why I don't waste my time with cheap people. I have important assignment things to do. I'm not going to say with gossip. People who don't know what they want. People who, who have problem with the color of their skin. People who are blaming white people for their problem for 100 years. I say that in South Africa. I tell my church, you know what? You go there, a girl is pregnant. Why are you pregnant? Apartheid. Why are you poor apartheid? Apartheid is 22 years over and you see them blaming somebody. You come here, you meet the same thing. You meet somebody here. Why are you poor? Slavery. Why are you the slavery? Slavery is 100 years over. Stop blaming people and take responsibility of your life. And move forward. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. And that is the reason why a man who will discourage me, a man who will let me feel bad is not yet born. I am very humble but very confident of who I am. I know who I am. So nobody, it doesn't matter the color of my skin, where I live, I tell people I will not behave black so you treat me black. And I will not behave African, so you teach me African. I behave kingdom. I think I walk and behave kingdom. Hallelujah. Are there any kingdom citizen here right now? Any kingdom citizen here right now? Come on, lift your hands and say, I'm expensive. I am bought with a price. I am great. And as a result, I walk with the great. Hallelujah. I have a friend in Little Rock, Arkansas, Darren White. He used to do some radio programs there. We're working together with this, my friend. Where I moved yesterday, he's a white man. He says, I hate white men. He's a pastor. I say, are you a pastor? He said, yeah. I say, you are sick. You don't know what you're preaching. You hate a white man and you're preaching, you better throw the Bible away. There's a problem with you. We need to change from that. Our mindset, our thinking. As a man, think at where? As a man, think at where? Let me ask you, who are you? Are you cheap? Are you weak? Are you not going anywhere? That is who you are if that is the way you think. So stop thinking that. Change your mentality. Number six, the eagle is not afraid of death. The eagle is not afraid of what? Can I explain that? You know what the eagle does? We did that. That's why I chose that particular version, the amplified version. You know what? It says, as we are closer to who? God. So the eagle is closer to what? You know what the eagle does? You go and study that. Beautiful creature. Great creature. Pastor Juliana, what the eagle does is when it's old and it's about to die, it goes and looks for a rock. I don't know why all the rock. You know two things? The rock and what? The sand. You know who is the rock? Jesus said, this is the rock. On this rock, I will build my church. He's a rock. The rock of foundation. The rock of ages. When you sit on that rock, there's no shaking in life. If you can sit on that rock, no flood, no storm, nothing will overcome you. The Bible says the wise man builds his house away on the rock. Talking about the rock. Strong teaching about that. And listen to what the ego does. It says Pastor Devon, it says there, about to die. And he wants strength. 
Every one of us say, I'm talking and making all this noise. If somebody comes in with a gun, starts shooting now, I might be looking how to get around here. Because everyone is afraid of death. Is that right? Though Jesus defeated that, but everyone is still afraid, most of us. Is that right? Naturally. Is that not the truth? Is that not the truth? But you know what the ego does? The ego, Pastor Lisa, goes and looks for a rock and sits on the rock. And you know what it does when it's about to die? It gazes into the sun. And it doesn't take the mind off the eye of it. sits there and looks at until the force drop dead. You read that. Let me tell you something, saints. If we will wait, most of us are still alive. You know why we are fighting? You know why we are afraid of the issues of life? Because our flesh is not dead. Your greatest enemy in life is not the devil. Your greatest enemy in life is what? Our flesh. Most of us are dying early because we are eating the wrong stuff. My friend prepared breakfast, made me some boiled eggs. He pushed all those things there, preservatives and other things. With, uh, he made some what we call salads there, everything, put all the creams there. And he was shocked to see I'm eating the salad just like an animal without any preservative on it. Nothing on that. No salt, nothing on this. And he asked me, I said, you know what? I eat my food plain. I don't get sick. Sorry to say that. Because I don't have time to be sick. I'm too busy. And if you take care, the flesh is our greatest. It craves for wrong things. It brings fear, everything. The Bible says we should learn to die. And we will not be able to die until we are waiting on the Lord. How many of us want to lose ourselves? Let us, let us be psychological right now for a minute. And let us face truth. How many of us want to give us our flesh? You know why pastors are in wrong sexual relationships and wrong affairs, everything? The flesh. You know how pastors are so arrogant and want to control everybody? No humility? The flesh. You know why pastors are stealing money and doing everything? The flesh. The biggest problem is what? The flesh. And if we can serve God, well, what are we supposed to do? We are supposed to do what? Die. But we are afraid, the same way we are afraid of physical death, the same way we are afraid of spiritual death to our flesh. That is why we are not able to go far. That is where, you know what? That is what David did. And David prayed in Psalm 51 that in sin was I conceived, in sin was I born. Don't take away your presence. Do not banish me. Don't take away your Holy Spirit. Since as we wait on the Lord 2016, we will die to the flesh. And once you die to the flesh, Benny Hinn says this. Catherine Kuhlman says something. His book, The Anointing. If you read the book, The Anointing, Benny Hand says this together there. We sit together with Benny Hand, TDJs, Joyce Mayer, when they come, we sit around table like this. Mass Morrow, I've got pictures, all of them in my iPad here. We sit and talk. He knows my friend, Andrew Rabbit, the director of TV and Dove Africa. So when they come, we got pastors' table. We go about 10 of us behind doors and talk to them and do everything. And Benny Hand was sharing what happened where he drove with another man, an old man, for about eight hours on the snow to, to, to Canada to sit in, in the Methodist church, waiting for Catherine Kuman to come. If you don't get her on time, we will not get her. He waited there for about 13 hours before the service started. And Catherine Kuman said, there's a man here, if you wait on the law, that's why I do not despise women. There's no man, there's no male, there's no female in the kingdom. Where did Ben Hen get his anointing from? From Catherine Kuman. He gleaned from there. The anointing came from God, but he gleaned. He learned from there. God can use anyone if you avail yourself. Waiting on the Lord. Come on, lift your hands and say, Father, help me to wait on you. The last point. 
The last point before we go away. Number one, let me sum up and then bring the last point on our hand over microphone to the pastor of the church. Come on, lift your hands, worship him wherever you are. Just worship him right now. And say, Father, I want to wait on you. Don't sit. Please, people in armor, in force made, in uh, the surrounding areas, I am pleading with you that stop being the usual. Do extraordinary things and you can. He takes the nothing in the world to confine the wise. He's waiting on someone. If you can use a stupid person like me, I took Pastor Tom to my hometown, my very hometown, to see where I was born. I took my friend from New York and he said, if this is where you're coming from, it takes only God. God can use anything if you allow yourself, avail yourself, no matter what goes on, and allow him to use you. Number one, if we wait on the Lord, we begin to soar higher than nothing can stop us to going up. Number two, our visions become broader. We see things and every fear gets away. Number three, we do assignments and duties. I've given you small part of assignments I'll do around. And number four, let me tell you that you will not be afraid of any storm in life. Number five, you will hang around with people who are going somewhere. You will hang around with the wise as the Bible advises you to do. In Psalm 1, say, Blessed is the man who does not waste his time with the counsel of the ungodly. Sit with the scoffers or sit with sinners. He combines all those, but his delight is in the law of the world. You waste your spend time with people like that. And number six, we are talking of the eagle is not afraid of death. It doesn't fear. And the last one, come on, stand to your feet and lift your hands as I invite the man of God to come in. I don't know what he will do. He will close the service. If people need prayer, I will lay hands based on what the leader has submitted to his authority, great man with such anointing. I thank God for you, sir. Devon, I thank God with you, Anissa, what God is going to do for you. I will pray for you that your vision will be broader. You know what? Let me tell you, young man, I wish, Nisa, look at your husband here. You know what? I've been to Joel Austin's church in uh, Houston. I went to pray for a young man. I went in there to his church and um, took that place from the basketball arena, using it. When I got in, it was a Monday morning, and they have 50 Hispanic people, Mexicans, cleaning the church. 50 people every Monday morning. Huge that not one person can do that. Doing the, uh, just basketball, cleaning the place and everything. And you know what? The man's father, John Austin, used to work with Billy Graham, one of his top guys. And the guy had... The man had a church, Lakewood Church, smaller place. The man took over, and you know what he says? He says one time he was traveling with the sons, and they passed through a football park, a football field, American football park. They passed, drop by. And you know what the son said? He said, Daddy, when we start our church, when we take over from you, this is where we bring in the church. We don't work. You took over from your dad, and you moved from there to this place. And I'm telling you, dad built a foundation as you made a statement here. You're learning from that. Greater things do not dream small. The people have great respect. They have confidence in you. And I pray you will increase in wisdom that the Lord's mighty hand and walk in humility. That is the key. No matter what, as the Lord begins to exalt you with humility, it's one thing I guard against all the time. God makes room for the humble. And I pray the Lord will lift you to higher heights. In July, when I come over, I'm going to invite you to TBN, and it's live throughout the whole world. The one I'm going to take you to in Chicago, I'll give you the date. We'll come with your wife to see what is happening here. As I said, begin to dream big, broader. Don't limit yourself. The limitation that 
will be places what you put on yourself. There's no limitation. And I pray God's mighty hand will be upon you. The last one, number seven, is the eagle is the strongest bird in the air. And the Bible told, you told Joshua, Joshua, so long as you live, no one will be able to stand before you. Wherever the sole of your foot will touch, I give it to you. It's a prophetic word. You are going to go, you know what? Pastor Tom was sharing with me. There's a man with a church in Rochelle. We met at TBN about 11 years ago. He's a friend to Pastor Tom now. He's the one who invited him to God, John Hobart. And John, we met at TBN. John's church is not in the city. So don't tell me that you need a church in Little Rock, you need a church in Memphis, you need a church in Chicago to do mighty things. You can bring the nations and you can bring mighty things right here. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I am with you. I don't go to places. I'm not looking for a platform. Excuse me to say I could go to anywhere to preach today if I wanted to go anywhere. I drove past in July and you said if you come coming on Sunday, I can go anywhere to preach. I was not going to preach here on Wednesday. I asked Pastor Ricky, can I come spend some time with you? Because of the school he bought for us, my school bought ticket and brought the wife. I want to bring him that next year. But his ticket just to give him holiday with the wife. We did that about four years ago just for him to rest. And he said that I'm busy bishop with something, but I'm going to talk to Carla. He talked to Carla. He called me and said, Bishop, I will not be selfish. I want you to come in. When he said that, when I go there, they merge the churches. So I call John. James Fortune. I say, James, I'm coming to spend time with Pastor Ricky on Tuesday to Friday and fly out. You know what he says? He says, I'm excited. Please, if you come, then Wednesday you cannot go without preaching to us. I'm not looking for a place to preach. But one thing that I'm going to partner with you, a time like I'm saying, I'm inviting you to TBN. You go with the wise, you go wise. You go big, you go big. With God's help, with dad and mom so right here to coach you, you are blessed to have someone to coach you. To run to and say, Dad, what do I do? Great elders around you. I tell you, together with this great woman here, we are going to turn armor to a fortress now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody lift your hands and thank the Lord right now. I'm prophesying. I don't come and make statements and go. If you like, you can go to my, the one who's representing me, 68 years old. I'm only 54. He was a law had his old law firm in Jackson, Mississippi, a white guy, the wife is a medical doctor, called John Woodlift, right there, an Anglican police. He's the one who stands profile. And you know what, I went there and said him that this city, I'm going to bring people from the world here, about eight years ago, and it's happening right now. We're going for the third one. So I'm speaking the same prophetic word right here, that Alma is going to be a light in this area, in Jesus' name, because of Grace Church. The favor of God is indeed upon this church. Come on, let's lift our hands and worship him. Wherever you are, lift your hands and worship him right now. God hates small dreamers. You need to begin. That is why they killed Jesus. How many of you know, open your eyes and see me here. How many of you know Jesus was killed because he talks big? How many of you know that? The guy talks too big. That is why they kill him. How many of you know why they sold Joseph? He talks too big. That is why they sold him. When you are a big talker, the devil will never like you. But that is what God wants you to do. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands and say, mighty things are coming in Jesus' name. Come on, receive it right now. Speak over somebody's life. 